Hi, my name is Mark, and welcome to the Living Room Podcast. The Living Room is where we have conversations about house church, microchurch, and what it looks like living the everyday mission of Christ. Hello, everyone. This is Mark again in the living room for another episode of the Living Room Podcast. It's been a little bit since we've been in the living room, but tonight I'm excited to um, welcome Micah and Lisa Landers into the living room. Guys, welcome. Good to have you here. Hey, thanks for having us. Absolutely. Yeah, it's awesome. Thank you. Absolutely. So um, we've invited Micah and Lisa into the living room tonight because they... Um, are following Jesus into uh, really kind of a, a a chapter in their life that um, is is new for them. Although they've been to this part of the world multiple times, they're really stepping out in faith, and I think their story is going to challenge you, cha- encourage you uh, where you are in your journey as far as what it looks like to follow Jesus as an everyday missionary. So um, Micah and Lisa are looking to um, move to the country of Nepal, and we're going to hear their story tonight uh, in this episode of the living room. So let's just jump in and first guys, just welcome again into the living room, share a little bit though. So people can kind of learn about who you guys are and your family. Tell us a little about yourselves, your family, how many kids you have and what you guys do for a living, what house church you're part of. So let's just start there. I'll go. Uh, my name is Micah and uh, Lisa and I have been married for, Gosh, man, it's getting long enough to where we have to think back about it. I think we've been married for 14 years. Is it we just hit 14 or we just hit 13? 13 and a half, let's say. Um, we have maybe, Lisa, maybe Lisa should have started. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, we need more facts. Um, well, the reason that we can never remember things like that is because we have five kids. So um, you get a few years behind you with that many kids. That's and, fair. Uh, it's hard to remember which dates are for who and for how long things have been going on. But uh, we've been married for 13 and a half years. We've done a lot of different um, types of church experiences. Uh, and we are currently uh, hanging out at the Cheney's house, house church. Um, we've been part of that for just over a year now. So, um yeah, and we have been involved in different with different ministries in Nepal and India for about seven years, I would say now. Lisa was the, the instigator of that, and uh, we've both been on many, many trips to Nepal and India, and we are uh, looking towards moving there um, at least for a short term and possibly long term. Yeah, that's good. And the Cheney's House Church is, just for people to understand, is in uh, Independence, Kentucky, part of Northern Kentucky. And um, Mike and I actually have known each other, I don't know how many years, right, Mike? Like 20-some years, I was right? doing the math. I was I was thinking about this before we did this. And I'm pretty sure you and I have known each other for about 23 years. I have a very vivid memory yeah. of being probably in seventh grade. Wow. And I remember I met you and Grant, your oldest son, was probably six months old that's crazy Um, yeah micah was my youth pastor growing up so (laughs) 
No, you were my youth. <laughs> Wait a second. Hold on, hold on. Let's get our ages straight right. I'm not going to go into more detail than that. But. that. That's right. That's right. Well, Lisa, tell us a little bit about uh, your family life, your kids, and, you know, just um, yeah, what you and Mike could do for a living. And then we'll get more into, we'll kind of transition into, into the story of, of you guys moving to Nepal. Yeah, so um, our oldest is a girl, and she's 12, um, and then we have another girl who's 11, and then three boys, the youngest being two, so I say we have preteens and toddlers, so our energy level is low most of the time, because <laughs> we're dealing with a range of emotions in our house, Um but even tonight we were at a dinner and I just looked over and my second daughter was holding our youngest and I was just reminded how sweet it is to have a family that our kids are friends and, you know, obviously it can get chaotic, but, um, you know, I think when people hear we have five kids, they're just like, gosh, that's so overwhelming. Um, but what's really sweet is to see them take care of each other and, um, just be friends. So, it's a it's a, a challenging season and a really sweet season as well to see them interact. Um, so I spent a good chunk of motherhood as a stay-at-home mom and um, just really moved out of that season um, kind of by chance. And it kind of weaves into the story of India, which we'll get into later. Um, but after I went to my on my first trip to India... I started volunteering um, with a church here in Cincinnati, and that kind of led me into um, being able to do that as a career. So through volunteering with the church, I realized I was really good at logistics and um, kind of admin back-end work and was just really shepherded by somebody in the role at the time, and she just really discipled me and taught me everything that she knew, um, and through that, I was offered a job. And so I kind of stepped out of the season of um, full-time, you know, stay-at-home mom um, with some part-time gigs here and there over the year, over the years um, into full-time work and just realized that in this season that, that gave me a lot of um, energy and joy um, to get out of the house for a season. So I am currently still in that position. Um, I do logistics for six different locations, which equals about roughly six to 700 people a year um, and about 30 trips. So um, hotels, on the ground schedules, working with partners, working with trip leaders, everything involved in a trip um, is my job to um, facilitate and do all the logistics. So it's really um, a fun job and has been able to kind of weave in our family ministry with Nepal specifically, which we'll get into later. Um, but Micah is an artist by um, trade. And I remember when he told me he was meeting with a sculptor, um, I, for some reason, thought of pottery. And I was like, oh, that." like you're gonna go make some mugs and bowls like I don't know why my brain like didn't think of like oh no like sculpting like a statue 
So um, that's a longer story for another day. But yeah, he is a sculptor. So um, if you think of like the Red Stadium and there's like the baseball players outside those statues, like someone had to make that. So that's what Micah does. And it's super cool. And we both have fairly flexible schedules. So um, we're able to, you know, move around a little bit as far as what our our daily life looks like but um yeah that's what we do for work and our kids are fun and yes it's chaotic sometimes with five kids but it's mostly fun yeah that seems to be the response most people give whenever they hear any any glimpse into our lives Uh, that's you guys are legitimately very busy people (laughs) (laughs) i love lisa when you said because that it resonated with me when you said how your your family are friends, your kids are friends. And that's actually been something I, I pray regularly uh, mm-hmm. for my own kids, that my kids would not only just be brothers and sisters, obviously they are that, but but that they would be friends. And to see your kids mm-hmm. actually be friends with one another is just, it's so encouraging. And, and just, yeah. I don't know, it's exciting to see that. So yeah, that's exciting for you guys. And I, and I love that just the journey God has put you on and, and, and let me just kind of, I want to tell the story of how, let, let me start with what's coming up for you guys, right? And in, in yeah. this coming November, you are taking your entire family to live mm-hmm. in the capital city of Nepal, Kathmandu for mm-hmm. six weeks. Mm-hmm. Now that you've never done that before. So, all right, so let's back up then. So that's what's coming. That's just a few months from Mm -hmm. now, and you're going to do that. That's something your kids have never been there. So this is a truly a step of faith to take all five kids and to live there for six weeks. So let's start then the journey back to say, how did you get to that point? What were some of the things that led you guys to, one, get to India, then Nepal, and then even get to the point to... Like we really sense like we made we need a temporary kind of sit there for for several weeks with our kids. So where where's that journey start? Yeah, so I I can say I think that this whole thing, as I was considering you know this conversation happening, I was really just continually drawn back to um, considering like how serendipitous so many stages of this entire process for the past like probably seven or eight years has been for us it's just a bunch of little touch points where you see god show up and it almost ends up at the point where it's like we never would have had a very good vision for where we've come Mm -hmm. if we were just mapping it out ourselves um but i think the whole thing started really with something just as simple as lisa was in a season of life where she was feeling a little bit blah and a little bit like I don't know what I'm doing. I feel like I'm kind of coasting and I'm not sure what's going on. Mm-hmm. And I, and I was like, I think you should go on one of these trips that we had seen that were available. And she was like, yeah, maybe that sounds cool. And I was like, I think you should go to India. She was like, I don't know if I want to go to India. I don't know anything about India, but I don't really know if I want to be there. And then, you know, the more she sat in it, the more she heard about it, the more she's like, you know what? I feel like maybe I am supposed to go to India. And so she just went on a trip kind of, um, I'll interrupt really quick and say I had never I had never been out of the country. So Yeah, at that point I mean other than we took a honeymoon trip to like the Caribbean yeah. and apart from that she'd like never been off of the continent. <laughs> <laughs> so it's um, a great so first her, it was overseas a really, trip. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was very much of a an ex, one of the most extreme culture shocks you could probably experience. So, um, but the ministries that she was specifically um, interacting with there um, actually work with girls. It's Christian organizations that work with girls who've been rescued from um, human trafficking, specifically teenagers who have been rescued from sex trafficking. So um, in a lot of different ways, there was just a, I think, a huge contrast of both light and dark whenever you witness uh, restoration happening in a context like that. Um, it's really, really hard to even put yourself in the place of being willing to witness. Um, or, you know, I think a lot of people that we, Lisa and I have known hundreds of people who have um, volunteered to go and just see these ministries and, and interact with what they, what it is that God is doing through them there. And I think every time there's a hesitancy because it's kind of scary to go mm-hmm. and, and witness, um, and get to interact with people who, who you have gone through trauma that you might have a hard time even believing could really happen to someone. Um, mm-hmm. but, but time and time again, people are blown away by how much restoration is possible and how much healing is possible. And so I think that was kind of where, um, it was just like a, a rocket going off for Lisa. She came back like 100% on board with everything that she had experienced and was like, you need to go. Um, and so when we finally went together, um, about a year after that, uh, we actually went to Nepal and it was a very similar, but different, um, experience to the one that she had. And basically when we came back from that trip together, we were talking like, what would it look like to move? And so she and I have both been open to missions, uh, for as long as we've known each other. Uh, I mean, Mark, whenever you were moving to Ireland, I was like one of the first people to sign up and say, I think I want to do this with you. So uh, it's always been something that we were kind of looking forward to and even saying, like, I don't know when it will happen or what it'll look like, but we we would both feel like it would be a huge, like natural fit for us to try to find ways to serve people in need in a culture that is not uh, ours. So. Mm -hmm. We started conversations back then. This is like 2018, 2000. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I always have to fact check with my better half. but <laughs> That's um, good. That's wise. Yeah, we st- we sat down and had conversations with people that we knew there and said, what would it look like for us to come and, and see what it looks like to, to, to minister and partner with you guys? And they said, it's open. It's available if you would like to try it. And we just felt like, you know what? I really want to do this right. Mm-hmm. I don't want to just jump into it because it sounds really okay. exciting to be a part of this ministry, but we really wanted to, we just really believe that this is something that God's going to have us passionate about for the rest of our, our lives. So it's not something where we have to um, force it to happen in our own timing mm-hmm. and just have to get there at all costs. So we've tried to be really slow and methodical and intentional and wait for um, God to show up and he just keeps showing up in little stepping stones here and there um, over the years. So. Yeah, and I'll speak to kind of the beginning stages for me personally. Um, like Micah said, I was just in a season of um, I would even call it depression. Like just really felt really lost and like kind of trying to understand my identity in a deeper way. Um, 
And I think because of that is why I was probably open to do something pretty, you know, out of the ordinary. I remember a lot of people telling me how brave I was. And I was like, why am I brave? I'm confused. I'm just like going to another country. Um, But looking back, I'm like, yeah, I mean, at the time we had three kids and I had never been out of the U.S. really. And India is a very harsh uh, cultural shock. So you can kind of see it now. But um, really, I think when you're in those seasons, it's almost the best opportunity for God to show up and, and show you different things. Um, that maybe you wouldn't see in your normal life. Um, but for me specifically, that trip, um, I would say the seed was planted in that first trip to India. But when Micah and I went the next year to Nepal, um, something in me was just shifted. And I just understood almost immediately, like, this is a calling. This is something that God has actually like placed on my heart to like care about and to be a part of our life. And I think calling, you know, like people having um, purpose for their life, like what God has has called them to can look very different. Um, I think about people who like work with students at at, like their local college or like um, working with kids. Like there's a lot of different, um, callings that people have and some people are very called to like be in their own home and like love their neighbors I mean we're all called to love our neighbors but I think you you get what I'm saying like stay in the place that you were born and like stay there forever and you're never gonna leave like Latonia Kentucky and you're gonna just minister to your neighbors um so I I know that callings look a lot different for for different people um because obviously God has to use us all in different ways um but for me, that that trip to Nepal in 2017 and having Micah there and, and watching him slowly, like, get it, I was just like, yeah, this is this is it. Like, I just knew almost immediately and um, kind of the cheesiest way I can say it, which I feel like is so cliche, but it's there's no other way to describe it. I remember walking around um, Kathmandu and just feeling like I was home and I was like this is just so weird like this is the first time I've ever been here like I just feel very comfortable I feel like myself I feel very confident and I just feel at home so fast forward you know as we went on multiple trips um, I think I'm up to like nine or ten at this point um, of going over there the the burning desire I think in both of us was man we have got to get our kids over here Um, this is just such a part of our life and part of our family's life um and they know like we're, we go to Nepal very often and we bring them you know little trinkets back and they know our friends they've zoom called with them and um the next step felt very like we just need to get them over there and um really immerse them in the culture and let them hang around the people that we love and it didn't feel appropriate to just go for 10 days. Like I don't think our kids would, you know, even adjust to being over jet lag by then. So the six week thing kind of um, just felt like the, the appropriate amount of time for right now um, to just let them experience it and let them um, 
just be a part of the place that's such a big part of us. So, yeah, I think guys, thanks so much for sharing that. And I think there, obviously there's so much between 2017 to now, right. That those markers, right. Those moments where the Holy spirit just really made it clear to you guys that this is going to be part of your life story. And I find that fascinating, really, because I think, you know, most of us would be like, oh, man, let's go. We're going full time. We're going to get to the get to Kathmandu to Nepal as fast as and as soon as we possibly can. You know, you almost did the opposite. Right. Mm -hmm. We're we're. You know, we're we're talking six years later now. And before we get into like uh, uh, um, the question what do you anticipate? What do you hope to, for God to do or to reveal to you when you're there for those six weeks with your kids? Like, before we get into that question, I want to talk a little bit about that, that six years. What, what were some of the things, if you can look back and, and say, you know, these are the things that God taught us that we needed to learn in that span of time so that we're ready for, to make this move in, in you know, for six weeks. Yeah, I'll definitely say that um, the starting point, kind of, if you will, once we kind of were all in, we sat down, um, one of the guys that we've done ministry with in Nepal was in the United States, and we sat down and had coffee with him, basically said, we're really interested, like, we would love to see ourselves, we could easily see ourselves there in Nepal with you guys. And he said, hey, we would love to have you. We could probably find a place for you if you'd like to come for a couple months and see how it works. And historically, if you've known Lisa and I, um, we have been the kind of people who are kind of willing to do crazy stuff. Um, we are, I, I think whenever we were having those conversations with him and praying about what that might look like to actually do. I had this really clear um, perspective shift where I realized there's like two types of being faithful. There's a faithfulness that says God says to jump and you don't know that there's a parachute and you jump anyway. Mm-hmm. That's just trusting that God's going to step in whenever you decide to do something crazy. And we've been consistently good at that. Mm-hmm. But there's also the faithfulness that says, I'm going to keep plowing this field <laughs> for 20, 30, 40 years, right? And just put my head down and uh, and work hard and trust that this is worth it and this is what I'm supposed to be doing and I don't need to be distracted from it. And I really felt very clearly um, like we had gotten good at the first kind and we were always willing to jump and we had lots of stories of God showing up because we said, we'll do whatever you ask us to do. And we hadn't really invested much energy in the second kind where we were getting, you know, getting better at just kind of consistently believing that something mattered and would matter and would keep mattering regardless of whether or not we were excited about it or it was brand new or it seemed um, like it was all going to be fun. Like, you know, uh, so I think for me in the way that I was processing as we started looking at that all the way back in 2017, 18, I was like, I believe that this is something that's so important that it's always going to matter. And no matter how long I live, it's going to be an important thing that I'm invested in, uh, in 10, 20, 30, 40 years. So 
if that's my mindset, then I don't want to just rush into it and try to force anything to happen sooner than it makes sense. I believe that God is putting this into each of our lives and he's writing it into our entire life story. And so I think it's going to be something he's probably going to take us towards slowly. So I didn't think, um, yeah, I, I just felt like very strongly, like we're not supposed to push this to happen as quickly as we can get it to it, even though it seems really, really exciting. And I think that over time, God has, has very much slowly matured our perspective because anything that's cross-cultural, um, I mean, ultimately, when you get married, that's a cross-cultural experience. You go to that first Thanksgiving with your in-laws, you're like, I know maybe we all grew up in the same city, but this is not the same thing I'm used to, right? So right. there's always this thing uh, where you have to kind of learn to both respect and gain the respect of people um, in a cross-cultural experience. Um, so whether it's trying to get your in-laws to not think you're a screw up that your their daughter shouldn't be with, or whether that's trying to um, to build like real depth of, of trust and relationship with someone who grew up in a, in a speaking a different language in a totally different culture and a different continent and uh, a different climate or with different religions as being the kind of prominent cultural belief systems. It takes, I think, a lot of little interactions and kind of letting your hair down. And so honestly, I think that um, to jump right in is very, very bewildering and you don't really have any clue what you're doing. And to have lots of smaller interactions where you hang out for a week here and then a week there over a long time, it gives the opportunity to build a little more trust and to have a little bit more reflection and a little bit more um, uh, understanding of, of where the people that you're trying to, to learn how to care for are coming from. Yeah, and I think for me, um, maybe what I needed to learn through the process was building my trust in God's timing in the season of waiting. Um, I think if we had moved right away, there wouldn't have been that tension, that like healthy tension of like continually having to trust that his timing was better um, and that he was working so many things out to make it um, just this like beautiful story. Like I think about, I was just there last week and there were moments where I, do you know when you like have emotion build up and you're like, if I let this emotion out, I will just start weeping on the ground. <laughs> like I had this moment, I was standing um, in one of our partner's new buildings that they're, they're still building. And it was almost this full circle picture of like all the little tiny things God had to put together and piece together for me to be standing there. Um, it's just overwhelming to think of like the plans that he had from the very beginning. And had we jumped in in 2017 or 2018 and moved there, I think we would have missed out on a lot of the sweetness of watching him build like all these things to make it better than we could imagine for when we, um, when we go in November and then when I, you know, what I believe, like when we eventually go there for good, um, I think that is coming maybe in the next five, 10 years. Um, but 
for me, it was I had to learn how to trust him in the season of waiting, which is very hard for me. <laughs> I don't like to wait. And I like to have answers very quickly. And I like to jump on things. And um, so for me personally, just in that relationship with him of, of building that trust, and then getting to watch um, the fruit of that has been really sweet, even in this past month. Yeah, I think, wow, I th- there's so much there that you guys are sharing that I think applies to just about everyone that's listening to this. I think mm-hmm. of different people who are listening to this that I know listen to the podcast that are maybe just starting out in their neighborhood, right, with a Bible study, and they're just, they've been doing this now for years, and they're just mm-hmm. wondering, God, what are you doing, you know, and I think the fact that like you said, Lisa, you said, you know, I during that waiting, I learned to trust the Lord. I learned what that looks like. Mm-hmm. And, and Micah, you're talking about just being patient on the Lord's time and let the Lord be the one to open the doors and set the pace. And, man, that's so hard, especially in our culture. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you wait in a drive through for food and it's just, not fast and it's called fast food. I mean, you just like, you know, you get frustrated or whatever. And it's just like, what in the world? But when it comes to the living, the mission of Jesus, it's just like, no, let's just see, let's, there's things that God's going to show us about himself. And then, like you said, like you get there last week and, and you're just overwhelmed with this emotion because you can see the hand of God in it that you mm-hmm. would not have like, where if you could have forced it, but it would have been your thing, you know, or our thing rather than, really, this is God doing this. And it's so much sweater that way. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's always relationship, right? And like relationship, yeah. you don't really, dic- you don't really dictate. You don't go into a relationship with like a list of, well, here's what I'm going to get out of this. And here's where this will be in five years. And mm-hmm. here's how, how it will all turn out in the end. And here's what we'll be happy that we got out of it. But if you do a relationship well, and you're, you know, responsive to the other person, and you're aware of your needs and the other person's needs, you're attentive to them and what's going on at each turn. It doesn't really go in a straight line and you don't necessarily know where it's going. But at the end, in any good relationship, you look back with your eyes full of tears, wondering like, wondering at what you've got and not really even able to articulate the value mm-hmm. of it. Right. Yeah. And I think so that's good. <laughs> really, really like what we're talking about here. I would love to, you know, for me, my personality, I'm not good at this stuff. I'm not good at the patience and the waiting. I'd like you to tell me the entire plan right now, and I'll let you know if I think it's a good plan or not. <laughs> and also, I feel like if I'm doing something for God, I need to be saving everyone all the time. And so it's really hard for me to commit to anything that I would call, um, you know, I'm doing this for the Lord and feel like I don't have, like, results that blow my mind and like that just doesn't seem to be the way that um, God is always uh, choosing to to lead us you know it's really awesome when we get to see like these incredible revivals and and just you know like this could never happen unless God had stepped in but sometimes the things that he does are a lot quieter but they have the Mm -hmm. same impact on our hearts in the long run Yeah. yeah that's good um I appreciate you guys sharing that. I think that's really important for all of us to hear and and to just trust and and be patient with the Lord about what he's doing. Mm-hmm. It's so like I said it's so difficult and and yet it's very sweet. God is very sweet to do some things in us. Like I 
you know, just to speak into that a little bit, I remember, you know, Micah, you referenced it earlier and we've, I've shared my own personal story in previous podcast episodes about how God took us to Ireland and all of that. You know, I had this whole thing, we're going to drop the rock and raise the flag. You know, we're going to do this. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna, yeah. We're going to do this, man. Right? Yeah, we're going to do we this. And, and, and it's not that God didn't do some great things when we were there, but looking back, I'm like, you know, and I don't regret anything about it at all. I just look back now and like Lisa, to your point, it's so sweet because I can see now like God took me to Ireland because there I needed Ireland. I, I needed to learn how to live like a missionary mm-hmm. and in just the everyday stuff of life. And, and I'm so grateful for that. Um, and so, you know, I can look back now and, and, and be appreciative appreciative of, of that time and because of what God taught me, what I needed to learn during that season. And so here we are in, in your journey now, and it's six, seven years later, whatever, and you are going to uproot your family for six weeks to Kathmandu, Nepal. And what do you, is, is, I want to come back to that question I, I was probing with earlier, like what do you, what do you hope God to, to reveal to you or to do or kind of what's the purpose of, of that time with your kids there for six weeks? Lisa, you want to speak into that? Yeah, I think um, because I was just there like a week ago, um, I'm like, I don't know, but it'll be great. Like, I just, I feel like I'm in that, that, that moment of, he's brought us this far I cannot imagine the joy that I'll have when I'm merging my two worlds together and watching um just you know a house full of 20 little girls just like embrace my kids um the partners there have already been joking about like yeah you and Micah can just go on holiday just leave your kids like and I genuinely feel like I keep making this joke to people. Like, I feel like I'm going to be like two days in and be like, I don't know where my kids are, but they're like somewhere. Cause there's just, there's kids everywhere in the best way possible. There's one of our partners has five homes. They have a school. We've already talked about putting our kids in that school. Like, I think it's just going to be such a, um, it'll be a, a year of their life that I pray will be able to mark their life and say, that's when I knew um, God had made me for a greater purpose. Now, maybe not all of our kids end up living in Nepal for the rest of their lives, or maybe they don't all become missionaries. But um, I think, and I pray, and I hope that this experience, this six weeks will mark them in a way that they will feel um, just closer to God and just immersed in a culture that like pushes them towards gratitude. Um, I think there are certain things in America that cater to our kids um, kind of high maintenance pickiness, you know, even, even little things with food or just the convenience of America. I think, um, there's like life lessons in taking them to a, a place that um, isn't as nice and convenient and um, maybe they don't have mac and cheese like 
you know, craft mac and cheese and you're going to have to eat like the off-brand mac and cheese. But like, even in those little things, I see so much value in them getting to experience life there to then hopefully come home with so much gratitude. Um, so there's just a lot of different levels of what I'm excited for and what I think God wants to do in each of them. Um, you know, obviously we have a, a two-year-old, so like his experience is going to be different than our oldest daughter. Um, but I just really believe that this will, um, yeah, this will be a year of their life that they, they won't forget and it will mark their journey with their own walk with God. Um, and actually like people have been saying things kind of randomly about our kids when we tell them about this experience and the thing that people say, um, which I think they're just like accidentally prophesying over our family. Cause they're like, I don't know. I just like, and it's like people we don't know very well. They're like, I don't know. I just feel like your kids like are just going to do better in Nepal. Like, I just feel like they'll just like get it and they'll fit in. I'm like, yeah, like, yeah, I don't know why, but I feel like that makes sense to me too. So um, obviously they're going to be jet lagged and the first week will be hard and there's going to be lots of things that are going to be difficult about it. But I feel like in general, they're just going to, they're going to feel at home. And that, that's, you know, my prayer is that they really feel like this is, a piece of their family and you know a part of their home as well so I, lo- I love that because the question is kind of it's probably the question I ask is, is a bad question <laughs> because it <laughs> it's just kind of like oh we're going there with this you know this pre-planned things that we want God to to kind of say or do and I love your response you're like I'm not really sure. Like, we're just going to go and we're just going to do the next thing. And we're just going to just trust that God's going to show us, you know, the things that he wants that's to show us. done it. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. I've done it all along. I love that. And I think that's so, it's just all part of what God is doing to kind of just detox us off of our way of being in control. And, yeah. and, and when we, when we release control, he has so much more for us um, and release our expectations too, right? Of certain that we have. Um, what are some of the things I know, like you said, you're going to be there with your kids. You're going to visit. Um, I think you said that this ministry that has five homes and there's a school there. So tell us a little bit about some of the things that you'll be doing while you're there or even feel free to mention some of the partners there that you're going to be ministering to and, um, and, and, and alongside of. Yeah. I, and I, um, I, I just want to be sensitive about naming them. So, um, there's intentionality by not saying the name of the organization just for That's their good. protection. That's good. Um, but you know, feel free to reach out if you want more information, but, um, actually one of the really exciting pieces of what we're going to do while we're there is actually hosting a living church trip. So um, we can even talk a little bit about our trip. Um, Mark Jones, uh, Mark Johns, wait, what is it? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's, an inside joke. That's right. We'll have to <laughs> explain Jones. that here. Yeah. 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 They're like, what? Um, and we'll get to host a living church trip. Um, and then we will spend time in a village. It's about a four hour drive up the mountain, um, with 
a woman that we know pretty well has a school in her village and wants us to come for a week um, just for the students to interact with other kids um, and kind of learn English through just playing and, and interacting with them for a week. And then, um, yeah, we've got a lot of, actual, yeah, there's a lot of opportunity for work too. Um, specifically for me, um, kind of helping some of our partners there fill some gaps as far as trips and logistics. And, um, you know, you asked the question earlier about what I feel like God wanted to do during this time. I think a big piece of it was actually building up my skill. Um, I didn't go to college. I don't have like any particular education as far as career and skill. Um, and I think actually God has been so gracious through um, equipping me um, through my work that I do right now to actually um, help and bless the partner there in Nepal. Um, there's just a lot of things that they could use help with. So I'm going to be doing a lot of that as well. Um, but yeah, the Living Church trip, super excited about that. Um, we can talk a little bit about Hanson and the trip in, in January, um, unless you had any other specific questions about. I want to I want to take a little step back. Um, Go for it. And hope, hopefully this isn't a redirection, but you know, we talked before about um, just all the little tiny stepping stones that God's brought us on that have not been a straight line. And sometimes there's been gaps over the past seven years and then sometimes things just really happen. But mm-hmm. um, I, going back to what you guys were, were talking about previously about um, just the ways in which we have to be in control and mm-hmm. have all the answers, I feel like there's such a huge value as a Christian to just learning to pay attention well. Um, there's a lady named uh, Simone Wheel, I think is her last name. She said something along the lines of, I'm going to butcher the quote, but like paying attention is loving. It's like the first step of love. Mm. And um, I've gotten to the point slowly um, over, over years of time of paying close attention to little interactions that are really easy to overlook. And uh, there have been so many times where, Lisa and I have just accidentally gotten to meet someone and find out that they just got back from a trip to Nepal or something like that. And you're like, wait, what? Um, my mentor, who I apprenticed with uh, as a sculptor building statues, uh, when I first met him, he and his wife had just gotten back from doing a ministry-oriented trekking trip in Nepal. And like Nepal is a small country. It's not like everybody you meet is going there. Uh, and usually if they are going there, it's because they want to see Mount Everest or hike Mount Everest. So to meet people who are Christians doing Christian things there um, is really, really just crazy. And we keep doing it. And so similarly, um, whenever you and I were chatting, uh, I guess it's been a year and a half ago, uh, and just came up that one of the main people that you are, you know, Living Church is, is really eager to, to partner with. Hanson in Nepal it's one of those things that's like baffling and you laugh at it but also you're like I should have expected this one um because that's that's really the way God works it's I think you know in our house church we just recently got done taking some time just letting people share their testimony again you know take a weekend 
take a week and have one person basically just share and then have people ask them questions and then pray over them. And I feel like that's one of the most powerful things that we can do because it is so easy to forget the ways in which the Lord has been faithful to us. And it's so incredibly powerful to hear what he's done in other people. Um, it, it, it's just as encouraging to, to us typically to hear our own story told again, even though we're the ones telling it, as it is for someone else to hear it for the first time. And it's really, really easy to just not pay attention. And so um, I, it's just been cra- a crazy journey to continue to hear over and over again the ways in which the Lord is showing up. And it's very, very easy, especially in, like you said, in our culture, to just like not really take a, a little bit of extra time to be attentive and mm-hmm. notice uh, the way things are coming together in, in a way that's not um, typical <laughs> in most other experiences. And so, you know, whenever we went with you guys, you know, hey, we want to go to Nepal. Hey, we go to Nepal all the time. So we can definitely help you get there. Um, and when we went in January and you got your ticket that said Mark Johns, that's where the joke comes in. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, it's amazing uh, even I was able to get into the country because my, the name, the, yeah. my last name was, was wrong. And I think that's the first time ever my last name Jones was not correct. <laughs> It's hard. That's it's hard. a really common name here. Is it not right. a common name in Nepal? Correct. Really exactly. Name. Exactly. Sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. Let's be clear. That was a domestic flight. There's no way you would have gotten <laughs> right. into Nepal. True. That's true. That's a good point. Ticket as Mark John. <laughs> but That's the whole right. time we were there, the whole time we were there, and you know, meeting Hanson and just participating in new ministries and introducing you guys to people that we knew, and you introducing us to people that you'd gotten to know the whole time my my just really strong in my spirit was just like it's time for your family to take the next step mm-hmm. it's time for your family to take the next step and I'm like okay well what's the next step because Lisa and I feel like we could just stay and we would be fine mm-hmm. and so the next big step is like we need to get our kids here and see how we do as a family in this context the next big step is to bring your kids and to stay for an extended enough amount of time to where it can start to feel like you're actually like this is your lifestyle. So that's kind of where we came back from that trip in January. I was just like, okay, that's the next thing. We need to figure out how to make this happen. Uh, so I would say we do have, it's, it's kind of a give and take. We do have priorities or things that we, boxes we'd like to check while we're there. Um, but it's really, uh, it's, it's really hard to, to quantify what we expect to happen. So we definitely are trying to test out how our kids do and how our family interacts uh, with each other and with the culture. I think Lisa and I have always been really, really passionate about the way we parent our kids, like basically sending them out as arrows from our quiver. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, they, God has been faithful, incredibly faithful in our kids, like far beyond our own efforts. <laughs> We're like, your kids are great. And we're like, we don't know why. It's not us. <laughs> but um, they they have had, had opportunities to, you know, pray over people and prophesy over people and ask God to move in people's lives. And they step up in, um, in ways that baffle me sometimes. Um, and I just know that I think one of the most powerful things that we're going to be able to to experience in such a cross-cultural context is that our kids are going to continue to recognize God's faithfulness and step up 
in response to that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think really our biggest thing is how does our family actually fit in here? And how does it feel to be here? And I think our other big thing is what does it look like to actually partner with, you know, we know at this point we are pretty well connected with like half a dozen different ministry types or different ministries in Nepal that do a, a wide range of different types of ministry within the culture, mm-hmm. whether it's orphan care, whether it's, whether it's um, helping to, to uh, you know, like what Hanson does, like study and train Christians up or whether it's uh, more of like Christian entrepreneurial stuff, where they're trying to actively have um, influence over, how the culture is growing and, and how the economy and, and education resources are being, um, you know, resourced to the impoverished people in the countryside. There's just so many different types of ministries and so many people that we've gotten to know so well that are doing different things that honestly feel like uh, we probably could easily invest all of our time with any one of them. So really understanding where, um, what kind of puzzle piece we would be, <laughs> We don't know, so, but we feel really strongly like God's going to continue to reveal that to us. But I just think you you have to jump to the next stepping stone before God illuminates the one that comes after it, almost mm-hmm. without fail. And sometimes the one you jump to is so small you're not even sure you're going to keep your balance on it, but you know that He keeps lighting up the one that comes next after that. So, um, yeah, yeah, I think I think that's so good because I th- I think when you use that analogy or the metaphor, Mike, I'm thinking. The tendency is to jump three stepping stones, you know, at once. Right. And sometimes, and sometimes that, you know, I, I don't know, I'll back up. I I think it's important to just jump to the next one is what I hear you saying. Like, you guys knew six, seven years ago, right? Like, I think we're going to end up in Nepal at some point, you know? And, and yet you've just, let's just do the next thing. Let's just do the next thing. And then, Mikey, you referenced our trip you know, back in January and how God used that trip in your spirit to just align with what he was doing in Lisa. And just now there's this alignment, not with just one another as husband and wife and for your family, but alignment with what God is wanting for you guys. And, you know, and little did we know, like you leading our trip for our house churches, like God used that in your life. You know, and it was kind of unexpected, but yet we shouldn't be surprised that God would do that. That's it's the way He works, um, and and I love that thought of just paying attention. And that just I was thinking that just requires slowing down, you know, and just mm-hmm. I kind of use it, describe it as the ministry of presence or the ministry of availability, and just you know the, being present, and not just physically, but being present like where you're engaging and you're listening with intentionality, man, that's such a ministry. Um, It's to be, to be known and to hear other people, you know, share their, their life stories. It's so important just listening Um, and not coming in as the expert or coming in as the person to solve all the problems, but just going to just love people and listen to people and, you know, Jesus was so good at that, you know, he just would go and listen, yeah. you know, and, and just be present with people. I mean, you have the, it, it, anyway, I could go on and on, but I, I want to move a little bit forward here in our conversation. We can talk a little bit about our trip in January, this past January, um, to kind of set some context for another trip that's happening 
in November while you guys are there. So um, why don't you guys just share, we'll just talk just a couple minutes about that trip back in January. Just describe a little bit of that. And we can do that, the three of us together. But I, I really think it's important for people to hear that from you. Like, what did we do during that trip? What was that like? Describe a little bit of the ministry that we were a part of and that Living Church is a part of. Yeah, I would I would let Lisa take this one, but I think she was in bed sick almost the entire time. From I wasn't going to mention that. <laughs> yeah, to the point to where, like, you know, yeah, she, yeah, we'll just stop there. She was not, she wasn't feeling the best. We'll just leave it at that, huh? Yeah, she took a couple of days, Lisa time. I'm still texting you and saying like. Be here at seven o'clock. Yeah, we would have never made it without Lisa. Here, Lisa is feeling so horrible and yet still leading our trip. Mother hinting vicariously through, <laughs> which we needed. Episode. Needed. It would have been horrible. Um, yeah. So yeah, no, so it's good. Good. We, we had already been connected with really um, almost all of Lisa and I's time in Nepal in the past has been spent in the capital city, Kathmandu. Most of the ministries that we're involved with do almost do the majority of their ministry in the city. It's it's like a huge urban center, and the rest of the country is very very rural for the most part. But the uh, ministry that you guys are connected to with Hanson uh, was in a small town of well, small by comparison town of uh, Duran, which is in the extreme east of Nepal, almost near the border with India and closer to like Bangladesh. Bhutan, um, but he was doing, uh, yeah, I mean, you obviously know this, but for the listeners, he's doing, uh, like Bible training there and working with local pastors in a lot of, uh, small house church type settings. Just really, Hanson's a really interesting guy getting to know him in person. He, he just seems like this ultimate resourcer, like a Swiss army person, like, he, he's not necessarily the one being the pastor, quote unquote, but he seems to be constantly equipping and backing up and helping to pinch hit and fill in for um, so many of these other guys that he's interacting with in his context. But so Living Church had been involved with him for years, but it, no one had ever been to actually visit him. And uh, it had been talked about for a long time, but then COVID happened and that kind of put everything on the back burner. Um, and then you and I started talking and you were like, yeah, we met, we, we, uh, serve with this guy, Hanson in Nepal. We, we're constantly talking to him. We do prayer together. We, um, we do, uh, Zoom calls and encourage one another in what ministry we're doing, but we've never gotten to meet him. And so Lisa and I were like, uh, we go to Nepal in our sleep. So we could definitely get you there and, and get you connected. So our trip was one of kind of just like a, I feel like a lot of cross-pollinating. That was what I was excited about. And that's what I think happened really well is we spent a few days in Kathmandu. We introduced you guys to all the different people that we had gotten out of there. And we spent a few days from there. We flew to um, Bharatnagar and, and Duran and got to spend a few days with Hanson. And, you know, you and I talked about this, but it, there is just such a different experience to actually be in the room with someone. And I know that you and Hanson have known each other for like something like a decade now. And you've done like an endless number of Zoom calls and you've prayed over each other and you've kept in, up with how each other's ministries are going and you've supported each other in every way imaginable. But to actually get to just be in the room with somebody, even for five minutes, it just gives you so, such a different 
context for relationship, right? I mean, yeah, I don't know how much, I, I feel like you've reflected on that a lot, but um, so uh, that trip was incredibly encouraging, both because we got out of Kathmandu, because we got to meet people who were doing incredible work, and also because we got to meet people who are really doing a, a diff- have a different model for what they're trying to accomplish um, with the way that, that Hanson and his, his group of, of network of house churches and uh, in Duran do things is just another like to me it was like another example of, of not just a cross-cultural experience but like a different way of doing ministry in a cross-cultural experience than what I experienced myself so yeah you're, you're right I mean being you know it's again coming back to our conversation just about what God does I mean Hanson that relationship began just for people listening like 10 years ago or longer and he randomly sent me a Facebook message on Easter Sunday and said, happy Easter pastor. <laughs> and I'm like, who is a scam? Like some, you know, whatever. Creep. <laughs> yeah, right. And so I didn't do anything the first year. And then this, uh, uh, the year later, the year after that, he did the same thing. Same, like Easter Sunday, happy Easter pastor. I'm like, whatever. Okay. That's a little weird. Um, third year, I, I really believe it was third year. He did the same thing. And then I'm like, and my, there's the Holy Spirit just convicted me. I'm like, I could at least say hi, like, or who are you or whatever, <laughs> right. Or whatever. So long story short, What's I mean, the worst that, that could happen. I'm not going to end up in Nepal. Oh, right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And then 10 years later, here we are meeting right face to face and, it was super, just even now talking about it, I, I get a little emotional thinking about it, just like God's goodness in that, like to meet this guy who is completely just on his own, not supported financially by anyone, you know, just doing an amazing work for the Lord and for the, for the kingdom. And so it's a joy for us as as Living Church, a family network house churches to come alongside Hanson and and we basically, you know, just give the listeners an idea like how we're connected. We um, they rent a center, rent a home to do this discipleship training center. Our churches provide that rent payment for that. Um, and you know, we just support him and, and as far as just come alongside him doing zoom calls, like you said, Micah. And so we're really thrilled to be part of what God is doing in that part of the world. And that trip back in January was only, there were only six of us, mm-hmm. right? Primarily our, yeah. some from our leadership team that went and then you guys were, you know, just rock stars as far as leading uh, leading us there because we, we probably would have we joked but we were like yeah we we're gonna get lost in the mountains someplace and you know <laughs> were it not for you guys leading us i'm not sure we'd be having this podcast episode right now but i think we accidentally summited mount everest i don't know I <laughs> yeah, around exactly <laughs> well let's let's fast forward so that has led us now like we came back we shared with our churches like what god is doing there and now you know as you shared micah like you know now you're going to move your family there for six weeks. And so it just makes sense then that we would do another trip, mm-hmm. you know, but expand that, the, the amount of people going on this trip. And it was so cool to just, as we shared about the ministry of Nepal and what God's doing there, the amount of people that said, Hey, mm-hmm. I want to be part of that. Yeah. I don't know about you, but like when we shared on that Sunday during one of the gatherings, you know, I don't know if that was kind of surprising to you, but just it seemed like, there's just kind of this this heart for our churches to just connect with what God is doing there. But you guys yeah, want to I speak into that can, at all? I, well, I'll give Lisa a turn, but I just think that I think you can really like 
it's infectious. Like what you just shared, I think whenever someone hears that, mm-hmm. I don't know how it translates over a podcast, but I know that in person, whenever someone sees your face and hears you share something like that, it's really, um, you're not sharing anything very specific. Like it's very nebulous. Like, yeah, who would have thought that I'd get to know this guy well? But but what you're sharing, there is there is a depth of, of um, movement of the Holy Spirit that really transcends what you can articulate that happened. And I think people do recognize that. And I've seen that. I, I honestly was not very surprised that people responded that way because Lisa and I have led probably at this point hundreds of people, I guess, on trips mm-hmm. like this, at least, at least participated in them and led many of them. Yeah. And that is very much of what you can expect whenever you put yourself in such a place of vulnerability and just ask God to show up. And it doesn't necessarily mean, it doesn't feel like a lot of things like that you could write down on paper and say, here's all the incredible things that happened, but something is happening that's deeper than words. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm extremely excited for the November trip, both for our larger trip and for the smaller living church trip, because I think um, just from knowing so many people at Living Church, I think that the people are extremely ripe to receive a very large um, portion of God's faithfulness through a trip like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lisa, you want to speak into that at all? At all? Just yeah, talk. I was going to say, what was the original question? <laughs> well, the, you could talk a little bit about the January trip or even more so the trip, the Living Church trip coming up in, in November. Yeah, so... I like, like Micah said, I think we're just so excited. Um, I get excited anytime anyone comes um, because no matter if they never come back, if they don't stay involved necessarily with people in Nepal, um, I have seen time and time again, like Micah said, over hundreds of people, um, the life change that happens um, within the person coming um, is really hard to explain. And sometimes that looks really big. We've had people come back and start their own organizations, sell their house, um, quit their job, like really big life changes. Um, but I'm equally excited when people come back and they they have small life changes, but that are just as impactful. Um, and I think a lot of that tends to come around gratitude, like just a perspective change that um, maybe you can't get if you were to just um, do something here in the U.S. Like there's something about traveling across the world um, that just puts your life in perspective in a, in a unique way. So I'm always excited when someone comes with us. And like Micah said, just there's this special Thing about um, living church community of being very open um, and be that I think God will bless in a unique way. So, um, yeah, the the trip in November will give you the opportunity to meet some of these people that we've been talking about, um, the organizations that we would spend time with. Um, again, I won't mention them by name just for their protection. Um, but the one is really interesting. Um, they do a lot of preventive, preventive work, um, in villages, 
um, and they do business through tourism um, and they, they're a business as mission. So their mission is to prevent human trafficking from ever happening. And the way that they set up their business and the way that they fight against it is actually just providing jobs to these villages um, and to the, the people that wouldn't have the opportunity to earn an income any other way than selling their daughters. Um, they come in and, and provide sustainable businesses for these people. Um, so that's one organization. The other is um, an aftercare home for um, orphans, um, human trafficking survivors, um, kids at risk. And um, they just, they're the ones that have five homes, a school, counseling center. So we'll spend time with them as well. And that's just where I feel like most people are just like, Oh my gosh, I totally understand why you guys love it here. Like just being around so many kids that have such a level of joy that's um, really hard to explain. And you know that like they're coming out of situations that um, are just really, really hard and um, hard to imagine. But to see their joy is just really beautiful. So most of the time with them and then um, we are planning on bringing Hanson actually to Kathmandu to spend a couple of days with him. Um, and Mark, I, th- I think Mark is coming. Yeah. He said he would. Mark, Mark Johns, <laughs> Mark Jones. <laughs> One Mark of them. Jones and Mark Jones. Alter ego. Will be there. Yes. He did say um, he didn't love the travel. And so he said, I don't know that I'll ever go back, but little did he know. Yeah. He uh, would go same year. <laughs> I'll tell you what, like, I was like, man, I, I, coming home, I'm like, I can't foresee myself either A, never go, ever going back, or I would have never thought I'd be going back, like, six <laughs> months later, or whatever it is. Same calendar year. <laughs> the same calendar year, but... It is exciting. I, to be, to echo what you're saying, Lisa, I think it's, I'm excited for people from our house churches to experience what God has, has for them there. Mm-hmm. I, I think you're right. Just anyway, I, I am excited for that, but what else? Anything else about I the think, trip? I will say, I think that, um, as I contemplate, I think that in particular, one of the things that resounds for me, um, with people who like, Living Church House Network, who have invested themselves as intentionally as we have seen, um, just in living well together in, in tight community that feels like family. Um, mm-hmm. I think that going into a culture like the one in Nepal and getting to experience the way that these Christians live, it, it it's a very much of, I don't know what you'd call it, it goes far beyond legitimizing that idea and just shows you one of the purest forms of what it can look like. Mm. Um, I know that for me, I always joke around that it's like my big fat Greek wedding kind of family style over there. Whenever you start hanging out with these kids, it's like a little bit of chaos, but a lot of, it just feels like family. And you're like, how did these people find each other? And it's like, well, there were children and women and children in need. And someone decided that they would follow Jesus and take care of them. And yeah. by taking care of widows and orphans, they created one of the most powerful family environments that I've ever seen. And yeah. so to go and experience that, I think that's really like the, the closest you can get to articulating 
what is so powerful is when you see the church operating in a context where Christianity is really a, a minority idea and you just see people, the only Christians here are the ones who've decided to step up and care for widows and orphans and, and minister to the least of these. And they've actually created a church that, that a, a scenario of church that is just pure family mm-hmm. in its most healthy, most healthy and functional form. It is just completely transformative and it, it leaves you coming home going like, that's what we're shooting for. That's what the kingdom looks like. So um, for the people who are already invested in, in uh, attempting church like that, I think it, it would honestly be really rewarding. I feel like, you know, if you go there and you don't have a context for that, you might be blown away by it and be like, oh my gosh, this is so amazing. I don't know what I'm going to do when I go home. But I think for people from a context like Living Church, you already kind of have some vision for that. It's like just stoking the fire and saying, look, this is, this is what this looks like as we can pursue it. Um, it's, as it gets healthier and healthier and more, as we be, become more and more faithful with it, the long-term fruit is just like unimaginable. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. I think, um, anything else about the upcoming trip you guys want to share or, well, let's just stop there. Anything else that comes to mind before we kind of wrap things up here? Yeah. Something like a while ago I wanted to say, um, but I was like, maybe I'll save it till the end. I have listened to podcasts before of like <laughs> missionaries and like married people. And there have been certain days where I'll listen to it and kind of just go like, well, it's just easy for them because, like, they obviously, like, have, like, this solid, amazing marriage and they're just, like, always on the same page and, like, wow, God just, like, put this on their heart so it's, like, easy breezy. And I just felt like I needed to say, like, if you're listening and you're, like, idolizing anything about our story, like, know that marriage is incredibly difficult and, like, walking through these things doesn't make any part of that any easier um it's simply like just saying yes to god and believing that he will show up even if your life feels chaotic or hard or there are circumstances that you can't understand like i I just feel like i want people to hear like the the old saying where it's like god doesn't um call the qualified he he qualifies the called and I just think that if there's anything stirring in you, whether it relates to Nepal or this trip or living church or something totally different, that just trust that wherever you're at, if God's calling you to something, he will be faithful to give you the resources and give you the the community and the, and the spiritual um, backing to allow you to do his work. And you don't have to have any certain criteria or like be in a certain place to to be able to say yes to God. So that's good. I I want you guys to be um thinking for a moment, meaning Micah and Lisa, I want you to if, see if there's any last little encouragement or challenge you want to give to anyone listening. And Lisa, I think that's it right there, what you shared. But um I'll give you a, a minute to think about that. I want to talk specifically to the listeners now and just say what's something that you've heard in this episode from Micah and Lisa, that maybe the Spirit of God is just really bringing to the surface of your heart right now. 
Maybe it's related to their story. Maybe it's related to something else that was shared. Um, maybe it's not related at all to Nepal or anything like that, but maybe there's something that's just really the Spirit of God just impressing upon your heart. What is that? Just, I want you to think about that for a moment and just don't, don't stiff arm that. Embrace, embrace maybe what the Spirit of God is bringing to your heart and your thoughts right now as far as what it looks like. It might not look anything like going and being a missionary overseas. It might like look like something what just going across the street and loving a neighbor or in your family life or your marriage or whatever it might be or just, I don't know, but I just want to encourage you to really sit on what um, was shared in this episode and, and allow the Spirit of God to just really, I don't know, just, just speak to your heart and embrace what He has to say. All right, guys, any, Mike and Lisa, any last word of encouragement or uh, challenge you, you want to share with people from, from what we've talked about today? And then, um, then Lisa, I'll have you close our time in prayer if that's okay. Yeah. Anything coming to mind for you guys? I would just kind of double down on the idea that I think has come around a few times of just being attentive and taking the time to pay attention to what the Lord is doing. I think sometimes <clears throat> I know within the Christianity that I grew up in and I've heard it reflected by other people. Sometimes we think that if we listen to what God wants, uh, it's automatically going to be something that feels really difficult or out of our comfort zone or totally out of um, out in left field or something like, Oh, God probably wants me to become a missionary to Nepal. <laughs> right? Like, I don't, I don't want to do that. But I think um, a lot of the time God is, is speaking to us about what he wants to do in and through us by the things we're already passionate about and the things we already have natural skills and tendencies towards. And I think, anything that we're skilled at, anything we're interested in, anything that we enjoy uh, has the opportunity to become a distraction in our lives, regardless of where we're at. But also those are very often the places where God's trying to show us how he can use us and how he wants to continue to equip us. And so I would just encourage um, people to continue to be taking the time and making the space to reflect on <clears throat> kind of to your point that you're already making, but just to be reflecting specifically on the, the things that God has placed before you, whether it's skills, passions, um, or, or people that he's putting in, in your path, just to take the time um, to reflect on how he wants to utilize those things. That's good. Thanks, Micah. Lisa, anything? Yeah. No, I think, you know, what I shared before right. was yeah. what was on my heart. So, yeah, that's good. Well, I want, I just want to say thank you guys so much for taking the time to come into the living room today and just share your heart, share your story with us. Um, it has me all excited all over again. Um, and let me just clarify. I absolutely loved my time in Nepal. It was the travel part of things that I somewhat struggled with, but I don't want anybody to have the wrong idea here. I loved Nepal. I loved getting to meet Hanson and seeing and being part of that. And it is a joy for us as, as a family of house churches here in our part of the world to come alongside what God is doing in Nepal. So, and we are fully behind you guys, Micah and Lisa. And I do want to say this and, you know, it does cost for you guys to get there and to stay there for six weeks. And so, um, you know, you guys have a GoFundMe, correct? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just want to say to anyone listening, if you want to come alongside them financially to help them get there, um, Living Church is helping them financially, but they need some additional help too. So if that's something that maybe as you're listening, you're hearing part of their story, you're hearing them share and hear the needs in Nepal, and you just want to, God puts it on your heart to come alongside them and help get them there with some kind of financial gift, um, we'll put the GoFundMe link here on the show notes. And so people can take a look at that and come alongside you guys. And, and, um, that would be great. I know that they would greatly appreciate, um, any kind of financial gift to, to help them. Obviously we want to encourage everybody to pray for them to pray for what God is doing in Nepal. But again, guys, thanks for taking the time to be with us and just share your hearts with us. Lisa, would you just kind of, I don't know, just take some time to just pray for those people that are listening. Yeah, absolutely. And and thank you for having us. And absolutely. Um, you can put our email in the description or whatever it's called. Okay. And if anybody has specific questions or like wants to come over for dinner or grab coffee, or, we'd love doing that. So okay. we're open and available to continue the, the conversation. So yeah, love that. Um, yeah, thanks for having us. And yeah, I certainly would love to pray. So, um, God, I just thank you that you are good and that you um, are a God of abundance. And I just pray that for everyone listening right now, that they would just feel your love and your grace and your peace, um, that they would know in the depths of their soul that you are provider and protector, that you are trustworthy and faithful. And I just pray that whatever it is in their life that you're asking them to take the next step in, um, whether it be really small or really big, that they would have courage and take heart knowing that you are good and faithful and that you will provide every resource and every need um, financially, physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally um, to help them take that next step. So I just pray for clarity and wisdom on exactly what you're calling each person um, in this season and what you are asking of them. And I just pray a blessing over them that they would know um, that you are good, um, even in the waiting. And um, I just, I thank you that you are a God that um, is in relationship with us and that you don't leave us to figure all this out on our own. Um, and I just, I thank you that you can do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine. And so I just pray a blessing over everyone listening. And I just thank you for this time and thank you for what you're doing here on this earth. Um, and just, we just cry out for your kingdom to come, um, more and more through us. Um, and we just love you and thank you. Amen. Thanks so much for listening and joining us in the living room today. If you found today's conversation helpful, pass it along. You can find episodes of our living room podcast conversations at living-church.com or anywhere you find podcasts that matter. Until we meet again here in the living room, make much of Christ, make disciples living the mission of Christ, and multiply churches for the glory of Christ.